106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. All right, you guys, it's officially 2024 election season. After Labor Day, things pretty much kick off. Uh, Kareen, Kareen, I need you to go out there and tell the press that Biden's going to be wearing a mask again because of Jill. Yeah, he's going to be masking again and campaigning from his basement. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't say the basement part. But seriously, we need COVID back. We need masks on and we need mail-in ballots. So, As far as the steps he is taking since the president was with the first lady yesterday, he will be masking while indoors and around people. Yes, I'm watching. Where is his mask? You guys were supposed to put the mask on him. Bring him out then. Bring him out. Pull him out of the ceremony. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is so awkward. Okay, Kareen. Kareen, Kareen, I need you to go back out there and tell the press that it was all planned, right? Uh, he, he didn't wear the mask and, and left the meeting early because it was done on purpose and planned. Just, just do it. Just do it, okay? Afterwards, he also uh, didn't have his mask on, as you just laid out, uh, and he left as planned, as it was planned. Uh, he left uh, when there was a pause in the program. In People will buy that, right? But they keep telling me because this has to be 10 days or something, I got to keep wearing it. But don't tell them I didn't have it on when I walked in. Gotta be kidding me. I'd say even if you live alone, I would wear a mask in the house, especially in the shower, because frankly, droplets can make the way through the drain and come up through somebody else's toilet, infecting them with COVID through the anus. Uh, ballpark in two to five to 20 years, we can start thinking about considering the idea of pondering the thought of conceptualizing the possibility of maybe perhaps reopening, but probably not. I would avoid having any fun whatsoever in the near to far future. Excuse me. Rosie's a disgusting animal, both inside and out. China. I want a big, beautiful Big Mac. Hold the pickles. You're fired. No, I said Diet Coke, not Hunter's Coke. We will make America great again. God bless this man. Listen to this. Americans do not deserve to be governed by deeply weird, nauseously woke people who hate George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, Dr. Zeus, and Mr. Potato Head. 
who hyperventilate on their yoga mats if you use the wrong pronoun, who think kids should be able to change their gender at recess, who carry around Ziploc bags of kale to give them energy, and who think they are better than us. By the way, to me, kale tastes like I'd rather be fat. <laughs> oh my God. Some say he's racist and tweets like a kid while overlooking all the good that he did. Okay. I ain't ashamed of my president a little bit. I'd rather have an alpha male than a little bitch. Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, episode 233, and to appear on September 16th, 2023. If you want past episodes, you can go to nohostagesradio.com. If you want to reach me by email, you can reach me at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. And if you want to reach me by my cell phone, which is the only phone I use nowadays, it's simple, 530-713-1838, I'm on the left coast. If you want to catch me live or if you just want to leave a message, you can do that or text me. All of it works. Uh, you can also listen to a live show we do on Saturdays at KMYC, 1410 a.m., you can go on the website of uh, that I just mentioned, nohostagesradio.com, and you can click on the Listen Live button between the hours of left coast hours of 10 to 1 in the morning, and you can listen live from wherever you are. If you just try to listen on the regular old radio and you're very far away, like a few counties away, you're not going to be able to find us. But some people want to listen to that live show. And um, you can listen, or you can go listen to the podcast. There's some crossover between the two crossover topics, and there's some unique topics to each one of them. So thank you for listening, and uh, we're going to get right into it here. Um, we are up here in Northern California, and Northern California pretty much gets ignored by Sacramento, the capital, because there aren't many people up here. All the people... The lion's share of the people in the state of California are in Southern California. And uh, so you kind of get the the uh, leavings, the leftovers up here in Northern California. And uh, we're in Yuba and Sutter counties. And it's kind of a twin counties with just a river separating us, two county seats separated by a river. And in Sutter County, they've been... Uh, 
trying to pass a sales tax increase. All, all the counties in California pretty much are trying to add on to the state sales tax, which I believe is 7.25. And uh, the state law says you can add up to two more percentage points onto that uh, state sales tax, but then governments figure out other ways to add on. So in uh, Yuba County, they added on a percent, and in uh, some of the cities around Yuba County, they added on a percent. Sutter County wanted to add on a percent called Measure A, and they were deceptive. They were liars, and they uh, they promoted the sales tax as needed to fund fire and police. They always do that. They don't tout a sales tax uh, promoting, say, w- we need to raise money to pay for pensions. And if you looked at any government pensions, they're what I call Cadillac pensions. Most of you don't even have a pension. But the government will pay you, if you work for them for 20, 25, 30 years, they'll pay you for the rest of your life at, at nearly 90% of the salary in some cases. It's totally ridiculous. Some people get two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 worth of retirement per year. So uh, Sutter County voters rejected Measure A because they they uh, believed most of them or majority believed they were being lied to. And uh, so recently they came in and and the uh, management of the county came in the Board of Supervisors and said they were three or four million dollars upside down in the red and uh, they were in real trouble. But just a few weeks later, they came back, I think it was 11 days maybe, and they said, oh, we figured out the budget and it's all balanced and now we want you to give us, I think it was just under $2 million in raises, some of the most well-paid people in Sutter County. What we know is that politicians in the state of California and maybe in your state have forgotten that they are public servants. And now they look at these as corporate jobs and that the people are consumers and that somehow the government is selling something or providing a service. Instead of the, the public hiring these people to do some work for them, to get some work done on behalf of the public, And so there is a lot of chicanery going on, lies going on, deception going on, always deception. And even though there's the Brown Act that proclaimed that the people's businesses, business, the business of the people of the state of California needed to be done in public and transparently, the government here, there, and everywhere is doing all it can to keep the public from knowing what's going on. So the more they can push through when the public's not looking, or the more than more meetings they can conduct when the public can't go, the better. And that's true of all boards and commissions in the state of California. They don't want the public there. And uh, they've convinced politicians even to begin to pass laws that you can't get angry with them or frustrated or, or uh, get an, have an angry outburst at your turn to talk, or you'll be called a domestic terrorist. So Sutter County lost their election, and so all of a sudden 
the county fire department called the Sutter Fire Department, not Yuba City Fire, but the Sutter Fire, they said we're no longer going to be able to survive with the funding. People began to say, why is this? How could this happen? And they realized that the government of Sutter County was misappropriating Proposition 372 money that had been given out since the 90s, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, and it was a it was a kind of a backfill tax because of other money that got taken away back then, and it was to backfill police and fire. But when the money got to Sutter County each year, they did not give any money to their fire department. They just gave it to their law enforcement, their sheriff's department. So that meant if, if Sutter County fire uh, ceases to exist, that means that three fire stations— Live Oak, Oswald Tudor, and Sutter in the city of Sutter will be closed. Well, that's a huge impact, particularly when county residents have actually created the county. When you go back far enough, say, why did they create this county? Counties and cities were created to provide police and fire protection. And the rest of government is just add-ons, foo-for-all. So, so a group of residents got together and said, if you're not going to give some of this 372 money, Prop 372 money to Sutter Fire, there's an initiative that pays, that raises some money for fire that was, that was created and passed in 1997. We're going to uh, put an initiative on the ballot to repeal and bring back that, that uh, initiative that fire tax and uh, our public safety tax. And uh, we're going to raise the rate on it. And they found when they looked into all this, it's, a lot of people were paying that tax, but some big, big ranchers weren't paying any money. So this is going to go on the ballot and it only needs 50% plus one vote. The, the, the organizers of the, of the fire initiative, were told incorrectly by the county clerk of elections that they needed two-thirds, but they do not. They just need 50% and one vote to win. So there's petitions right now being circulated in Sutter County for people to get this on the ballot. If you don't put this on the ballot over in Sutter County, you're going to lose your fire department. That's just that's the long and short of it. And so... It's a fairer tax than was passed in 1997 with more people having skin in the game. And here's the guarantee. All the money that is raised from this fire tax goes to the fire department, not to other things the supervisors are interested in. And uh, when Measure A was trying to be passed, which they claim was going to be for police and fire, there's no mandate, there's no legal requirement for one nickel of that Measure A money to have gone into police and fire. That's just the way it was. So if you're out in that, uh, the area, the rural area of Sutter County, please sign this to update your fire tax and to, to get these uh, fire stations on solid footing. You can read all about it in the Territorial Dispatch. I wrote an article about it. Uh, 
It should be out Thursday and Friday of this week in the Territorial Dispatch. You can look at it at, on Live with Lou. And uh, there's also a Sutter County Saves, maybe it says Save Sutter County Fire Department, something like that, on a Facebook page. You can read it online right now. So that's that. And uh, so just in November of 2024, we're going to be voting on this. Benjamin Rush, who is one of my favorite founding fathers, patriots, during the revolution, uh, for a number of reasons. One of them is his quotes are so amazing. He said in 1788, where there is no law, right now we're going lawless in this country at the uh, behest of George Soros and radical liberal district attorneys. He says, where there is no law, there is no liberty. And nothing deserves the name of law, but that which is certain and universal in its operation upon all the members of the community. The law needs to be certain and universal. And we can't have two standards of justice. Right now we have multiple standards of justice. He said, you can't have that. The law has to affect everyone the same. He said, when that doesn't happen, there is no more liberty. You think pretty soon, or let me say it a different way. People in America have gotten, gotten too familiar or comfortable with liberty and freedom. They think there's no cost to it. But there's, there's a mechanism, just like there's a mechanism how to keep healthy and keep away from disease, there's also a mechanism to keep liberty and freedom alive, and that is to have a law. It says, where there is no law, there is no liberty, and nothing deserves the name of law, but that which is certain and universal in its operation upon all the members of the community. Rich and poor, etc., etc. Well, I wanted to mention uh, tonight that Mitt Romney... To my, he made my day. Mitt, you made my day. I've always had disdain and disgust for Mitt Romney and his niece, Rona McDaniel, who's running the Republican Party nationally. Every time I see a photo of her, she's getting fatter. I guess you, when you don't really accomplish anything, but you keep eating and don't get any exercise, you eat, you more, eat more calories than you're burning. You just get obese. She's obese. Mitt Romney was a disappointment at every level. So uh, the Utah Republican, I'm just hoping for somebody more like Mike Lee, who's also a Utah Republican senator. He said he will not be running. He said it's time for a new generation of leaders. I say amen, Mitt. Glad to see you leaving. Glad to see your heels and elbows. He said he's not retiring from the fight. I'm not quite sure what fight he's talking about because he acts like a Democrat, not a Republican. But that's true of all Republicans. I don't know whether you, you if you listen to this show, you know that I am not a fan of Kevin McCarthy from down in Bakersfield area. He is a female or excuse me. He's a male Nancy Pelosi, just straight up. No, no, like, oh, but no buts. He is a male Nancy Pelosi. He's bought out. 
He's a little political hooker. He, like Newsom, cheated on his wife, cheated on their wives. They're dishonest. They're blowhards. They'll say anything to get to get what they want. They're like a con man. Kevin McCarthy has not done any of the things that he promised to the Republican lawmakers he would do, and they're threatening to throw him out. And I hope, I hope and pray that they throw him out on his rear and get a new speaker because he is a compromised bastard. And uh, there's a lot of them up there. Mitch McConnell is a Chinese uh, representative, even though he's from Kentucky. So we need to make some changes. I am tired. Even I, I don't claim to be a Republican, though I'm registered that way. But I am so tired of those guys uh, saying one thing, guys and gals, and ne- then getting in office and never doing anything. I just saw a note that D- Dinesh D'Souza has a 2023 film coming out. It's coming out in October called Police State. Dinesh D'Souza makes some good documentaries. The film will be shown at the Yuba City Cinemark on October 23 and October 25. If a lot of people go, maybe they'll show it some more. So you can watch for it in where whatever state you're listening from. It's called just simply Police State. Dinesh D'Souza, 2023 film. So that's what's going on. We have a police state. We are under new management. We are under a communist-run operation right now. And uh, that's just what we're, that's what's going on. So we have a police state. Kevin Kiley writes a blog. And uh, he said that Newsom is surrendering. Well, he may be surrendering with his lips, but it's only to do a a, a, a counterpunch. So uh, Gavin says on Sunday, uh, or excuse me, Kevin says on Sunday, Gavin Newsom admitted he botched California's COVID response. Kevin says, after years of viciously attacking me and anyone who opposed him, Newsom has acknowledged reality. He changed the pronoun from I to we. He said, we would have done everything different, he said, on Meet the Press. Yet he still absurdly denies he was at fault at all, claiming hindsight is 2020, and we didn't know what we didn't know. I've released a statement Uh, Kylie says, setting the record straight. It begins, we fought back against Newsom's disastrous decisions at the time because they so clearly ran afoul of science, common sense, and basic precepts of a free free society. California was the single worst state in every way, the most onerous school shutdowns, business shutdowns, church shutdowns, the most draconian mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, the most complete collapse of checks and balances, personal liberties, and self-government. The reason he cannot say we were wrong, he shut down the Assembly and the Senate and took over running the entire state by himself, making decrees like he's a dictator. And he did that for the three or four years until just recently— he ended the state of emergency. 
Kylie says not only was he a failure, but there's been a bunch of backtracking on the part of the supermajority California legislature. They repealed his COVID medical misinformation censorship law. In other words, you could, if you're a doctor, you could not uh, differ from the company line from Sacramento and treat your patients any differently. So the supermajority is repealing his COVID medical misinformation censorship law just one year after he signed it. The bill has been condemned across political spectrum and roundly rejected by the courts. The legislature is also repealing California's red state travel ban. You remember that? Whichever state that he didn't think was morally upright, that didn't endorse LGBTXYZMOG, or didn't uh, endorse abortion, they wouldn't, he wouldn't allow any California employees to travel there for work purposes, like go to a conference. The legislature repealed that, it, and again, it forbids state funds from being used in 26 different states. But the interesting thing was Newsom actually traveled to one of those states secretly vacationing in Montana. We'll be right back, and then we'll start the second segment. I know you're still living your life after death. Roger Severino is a former trial attorney for the Justice Department and joins me now. Roger, why just gun charges and not the tax charges? Because tax charges surely would open up the whole Pandora's box. Well, you're absolutely right. Now, tax charges are still in play, but what they're announcing is they're moving forward on the gun charge, which they were going to drop completely, which is just pure evidence of the corruption here. It was a slam dunk case. He signed a form saying he was not addicted to drugs, and he obviously was. This was an easy case that DOJ was covering up the Biden family for. And the real question is, we should not be distracted of what's actually going on. This is a cover-up at the highest levels by DOJ to try to sweep under the rug the tax charges that you mentioned, right? The IRS whistleblowers are the ones that are heroes of this story. They stepped forward and said there was political interference at the highest levels from DOJ, telling them they could, could not go far enough to get to the president. They said you can't go and get a warrant into the president's house to get documents that were relevant to the case because Hunter Biden stored them in Wilmington at the president's home. They were denied. Why? Because they were covering for the president. So we should not be distracted. They're in damage control. They're throwing these gun charges forward to look like they're doing something. But this is peanuts compared to the real story of the corruption of the, of the influence peddling with the president fully involved. Is it possible that at some point in the future, tax charges will be levied? Well, we certainly hope so. I mean, that has been the story. Uh, the 2014 and 2015 tax returns are now out of play. DOJ let those lapse. They could have extended it. No. This is, they've been dragging it on to make this story go away, uh, and I think for political purposes. This is a corruption of the DOJ to cover up corruption well, of Hunter Biden because it could lead directly to the president of the United States. Roger, do, do we know, I mean, we know that $20 million came into the Biden family from dubious sources. 
Do we know if any tax was paid on those $20 million? Well, we haven't seen the tax returns, and that's the thing. We do know the IRS whistleblowers said they were hamstrung, that they were interfered with, that this had never happened to them before. These were dedicated public servants, one of which self-described himself as a gay Democrat. Right? He is saying he does not have any dog in his fight other than the law and pursuing the facts where they take them. The facts and the law take it to the president. You know, he was listed as the big guy that was on these mm -hmm. communications with these foreign entities, uh, and we know this adds up to influence peddling. Hunter Biden traded on the family name. Yep. The big guy, uh, President Biden, was on these phone calls with, with these corrupt business entities abroad, and that has to be allowed to be pursued, and none of this sweetheart deals Roger. to try to make it all go away. You've given, a, you've given us some clarity, Roger, and we appreciate that. Roger Severino, come back soon. Thank you very much, sir. Bruce Vong is the owner of nearly a dozen different businesses in Oakland. He says each of them are robbed nearly every week, including Quality Tech Automotive Shop at the corner of 16th and International. Just ridiculous. Oakland is no longer Oakland anymore. Oakland has become a war zone. A battleground just to do his own job. Last Thursday, he helped his employees pick up stranded AAA drivers. Within seconds, his tow truck was gone. person jumping in a tow truck and took up with a tow truck. Once they get in a tow truck, it destroy our camera system. During the course of this interview, he says he saw one of the men walk by. That's another one you need to deal with. Yeah. Breaking every car, breaking every window. Yeah, you just walked by? Yeah. It's just terrible. We tried to give him help. We tried everything for him. Vong says the suspect destroyed the tracking system, but his phone was still inside, so he was able to track its location and chased him down. I had to chase him for at least 45 minutes uh, from Oak, uh, West Oakland to East Oakland, East Oakland to Berkeley, Berkeley come back. Uh, we finally stopped him at uh, Telegraph and 30th to get a tow truck back, but the tow truck got so much damage to it. Vong says he tried calling OPD, but they couldn't respond, so CHP had to show up. But the reality, not only do I need a new police chief, I need more officers on the street. Everybody closed at 3 o'clock now. It's like a ghost town. OPD confirmed to the I-team just this past weekend alone, there were 15 different robberies colored in orange on this map and two carjackings colored in red across the city. To put that in perspective, there's been a 27% increase in robberies year-to-date from 2022 to 2023 and a 19% increase in carjackings so far this year. Like this silver Mercedes-Benz SUV stolen off the dealership lot in Oakland and dumped in Alameda on Friday. This is an, another auto body shop. You go, to, you walk down the block, there's like three, four more that have been impacted. There's some already closed on, left Oakland. I myself, I think about leaving Oakland and relocate somewhere else because this city have no law. Michelle Sitt, the assistant principal for Achieve Academy in Oakland, has contemplated the same just last week. I came out of work at around 5 p.m. And had all my dirty coffee cups, and I go to where my car was, and it's gone. Unfortunately, it was stolen. Have y'all seen the goober mamas? The mamas that wear blue jeans to up their armpits, you know? I don't want to be like that. So I went to the Gap to get some low-rising blue jeans. Have you girls bought pants in the last five years? Oh, my goodness. Terrible. Okay. I went into the gap, this beautiful darling, little 19-year-old heifer, um, <laughs> brought me in a pair of blue jeans to try on. I did. Okay. The zipper, honest to goodness, was about that long. 
and they hit me about right here. And I said to her, I said, is my stomach supposed to be hanging? out over my blue jeans. It looks like a small purse. I said, are my panties supposed to be hanging out this far out of the back of my pants? She said, no, you're supposed to wear a thong. I said, excuse me, Miss, but I'm a Christian. I don't use my panties for evil. Welcome back. I want to mention to you that if you are having problems like we're having at downtown Marysville and you're in Northern California, anywhere in Northern California, if you're having problems with securing your property, your building, your property, your vehicles, your, your equipment, your resources, your produce you can call elite universal security at 749-0280 that's 530-749-0280 they will help you keep people from damaging your business we have businesses within a block of me that are surrounded by homeless people harassing people that want to go in and get buy something to eat or to buy something to take away to eat or to go in to get a, some medicine. It's nonsensical that it's allowed by the city fathers, the city of Marysville. The city of Marysville, the city council, and the city police should take care of that. Instead, Elite Universal Security is called on to do that. But if you need help with your house or with your property, maybe you have a construction project going on, big construction project, or you're farming, you're trying to keep track of all your equipment, your batteries, all those things. Five three zero seven four nine zero two eight zero. They're located in Yuba County, but they work all over the state. Particularly if you you work up and or you live up near the uh, Oregon border, they're up there working as well. And you can give them a call, and they'll they'll train you if you don't know anything about being a guard. There are some tra- there is some training, and there are some requirements, but they can help you walk through all of that. If you're out there and you you uh, bought yourself a gun and you're going to buy a gun and you're wondering how, how you're going to learn how to use it, think I don't know anybody to teach me how to use it, uh, you can go to Elite Universal Security, talk to Monty, and they will teach you how to use that gun, take you to the range, and get you all the requirements to uh, have a new gun. All right. Also, I want to mention... Uh, Dave Greenwich Construction, I was just looking at some of his pictures this week of his work. (coughs) And that's the best way to sell Dave Greenwich Construction is show you the kitchens and baths that are his specialty. Uh, 
And uh, so I want to give you his uh, website, which is greenitzconstruction.com. That's green with E-T-Z on the end, greenitzconstruction.com. Also, Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page. <coughs> and you could look there and see his work. What better? How, how good does it get? You don't even have to leave your seat. And then if you're interested on how, how, uh, how they go about tearing out your kitchen, tearing out your bath, how long it's going to take, uh, how, should, how they should come up with an idea of colors and designs and all that, you can reach him right off those platforms, or you could dial him up or text him at 530-682-9602, 530-682-9602. All right, I'm going to go down here to where I was, and um, so it's interesting, Biden is, or, uh, Newsom is setting himself up to replace Biden. And so he's trying to, he's going to have to defend his horrible record here in California. <clears throat> I was talking to a friend on the, uh, who has some real estate. We were talking over the phone a few hours ago and he was telling me he thought that California had something like one out of every two homeless person in the whole United States. That's simply all about, leadership folks has nothing to do with you if you're you're just a good old boy girl girl working trying to do the job take care of your kids homelessness has nothing to do with you you didn't cause anything kylie says after praising biden's open border newsom is sending 20 not 200 not 2000 not 20,000 He's sending 20 National Guard soldiers to the border to crack down on fentanyl. Do you know how many thousands of miles there are on that border? This is a classic Newman Newsom maneuver to make it look like he's actually doing something when he's really just causing more problems. 20 law enforcement officials like National Guard it's like the size of the city of Marysville or Gridley. They even have more than that, I think, working. It's nonsensical. He says Congress returns to session today. The Speaker has announced an impeachment inquiry into Biden. And on Thursday, there will be a vote on my bill to oust Julie Sue as acting Secretary of Labor, ending this unlawful seizure of power by the Biden's failed nominee. She just got in there and took over, and it didn't matter that people weren't happy with her. She's just going to do that job anyway. Um, okay, let's move on down here, and uh, we'll get into some of this other stuff here. I was proud of New Mexico. They've been following the situation in New Mexico. Well, it's a liberal state, and liberal states have a lot of problems. And liberal states who defund the police and do crazy things like that end up always telling if they if everybody would give us their guns, then no one would have guns, we wouldn't have any shootings, which is nonsense. Because criminals are not going to give up their guns. And so they had a, a spike 
of uh, killings in New Mexico. And so the governor said she had a right. And she isn't the first governor to say this. Newsom said it. The Michigan governor said it. Many governors said it. They said, hey, the Constitution, the liberals don't believe in the Constitution. So what they say is, well, the Constitution, yeah, it's there. But when there's an emergency, we really don't have to follow the Constitution anymore. That's 180 degrees off. The Constitution is always something we follow, even in the best of times and the worst of times. So she said, I'm going to um, stop every any open carry, which is if you carry on your hip on the outside of your shirt, or closed carry, concealed carry. I'm going to close both. Concealed carries where you have it inside your clothes or under your seat of your car. Open carries when you're just carrying it in your hand. Like a like a long gun. If you think this, if you feel like this is really weird, this open carry thing, or even concealed. When I was began hunting when I was 12 years old in California, there was no uh, restriction on open carry. I could walk down the straight streets as an adolescent uh, on my way out to hunt. And I could have a rifle, I could have a shotgun, I could have a handgun, I could have all the ammo hanging around me, and a police department would not stop to talk to me about it. People would not phone 911 to report me. It was open carry. It was freedom. In other words, it was a constitutional state. There was no ability of the state to infringe on the laws of, of gun possession, the right to have a weapon. Now, every, nearly every city and county in the United States has violated our constitutional rights, our second constitutional right. So in New Mexico, this lady had a flare-up She's a governor, and they had a flare-up in shootings, so she just said, we're going to do a 30-day moratorium on all this hand-carrying of guns. She sounded all confident. I watched her on video, and uh, she's not the only state or city, big city, liberal city, liberal state that is spiking in criminal behavior. Crime is surging in Oakland to the point where the city is even having a problem with pirates. People are outraged and sick with the problem. But uh, they're having big problems down there as well. But in, in uh, back to New Mexico, she said, this is the way it is. I have a right to declare this. And as soon as she said that, one of the top sheriffs, the biggest county in New Mexico, said, uh, that's not constitutional, and I'm not going to enforce any of those new rules. I'm just going to enforce the law we have and the Constitution. I believe the attorney general came out, said the same thing, and finally a federal judge put a stop to it. You have no rights 
until you're willing to fight for your rights. If you're not willing to fight for your rights, you have no more rights than they do in a communist country. And maybe you'd be comfortable with that. Maybe you don't like freedom. Maybe you don't like liberty. Maybe you're happy to just sleep in a little 400-square-foot flat like they do all over in communist countries. And they're offering that here, stack-and-pack housing. Get rid of your house. Get rid of your one acre. Get rid of your gardens. Get rid of your little ranch operation. So this says crime is surging in Oakland. It is. Says people are outraged and sick of the problem, but Pamela Price, the Soros-backed DA, doesn't want to hear about it. She even has gone so far as to accuse people of racism for complaining about crime. As a California district attorney, she has claimed that allegations that she is soft on crime policies are actually racist attacks against her. Everything's racist with this lady. They slammed Oakland residents who have been complaining that crime is too high in the major California city and that the DA is not doing enough. They just call it racist. They believe that many of these crimes are just like, uh, oh, they're just white oppression crimes. And so they're not going to prosecute them. And the people of Oakland have taken to getting their own guns because uh, the government is, even though they're sworn to protect their residents, and that's the only reason the police and fire are involved, our government right now is hiding and allowing the criminals to run free. George Washington in 1774 said the crisis is arrived It's arrived when we must assert our rights. The crisis has arrived when we must assert our rights. Are you going to assert your rights? You're going to stand up for your rights? Do you think we're in a crisis? Are you going to wait? Do you care if we ever get in a crisis? Are you ever going to do anything about anything politically? A lot of pastors actually teach their people to not get involved in, in the civic activities civic responsibilities sure different than the founding fathers that included pastors george said the crisis is arrived when we must assert our rights or submit to every imposition that can be heaped upon us till custom and use shall make us tame and abject slaves baby if you wanted to check out some slaves all you had to look around your neighborhood, go downtown during COVID and see people all dolled up with fancy masks and just so happy about it. Yep, our father, our forefathers, uh, they had a, an idea. They did not want a despotic government, a big government, a government that runs roughshod over its people. That's why they wanted people armed, because they thought they're going to get run roughshod over. I want you to think about what's happening with January 6th people that are political prisoners. Did you ever think we would have our own population 
arrested and put in prison with with uh, jacked up charges, corrupt judges, and they've now been locked up, what, a couple of years while they try all these people. They're still going out trying to find people and bring them back. Gavin Newsom, you know, says, well, we, he's now he doesn't want to take responsibility. He said, you know, we made these. Well, I didn't make the decisions. We made the decision. He's just a complete liar, this guy. And as he was at ball games with no mask on, he was insisting that people wear masks. When he shut down restaurants in Yuba Sutter County, he was over. Uh, eating at the French Laundry in Napa County, which is one of the most expensive restaurants in the United States. And sitting side by side with these lobbyists and and their wives. And uh, no one was wearing a mask. These people are liars. They're swindlers. They're corrupt. All right. Here's something that's interesting. It, you know what those old res- male receptacles look like that were in, on the corner, down on the corner of your block? And so the uh, mailman would come or mail lady would come and open the side of it and scoop all the letters out. There's a sign here by this mailbox that said this was never intended to be a ballot box. The ballot box was supposed to be at the polling area where you went and you you voted in private and you stuffed your ballot into the box. It was... The, the point this person is making is we weren't, our system wasn't designed to vote by mail. Of the 155 million votes cast in 2020, 43% or 66 million ballots were cast by mail. And a majority of those in states where authentication of the process receiving and casting the ballots is not required at all. You don't have to sign your name on the ballot. The, on the on the uh, outside envelope of all those who voted in person 66% voted for Trump versus 42% for Biden <clears throat> which is to say that 58% of the Biden ballots almost 47 million votes were cast by mail people don't pay attention to the legality or the righteousness of a mail ballot there's a lot of opportunity for cheating, particularly with, with the machines that they're using. All of the machines, I don't care what the, the, what the uh, city or county says, the machines can all flip the votes. The vote can be flipped. It can register your votes incorrectly as you feed your information into them. They're a scam. All the machines... They know better. They're liars. 
Their machines can be changed through technology. So this talks about Newsom. It makes the same points I did. It said Newsom didn't know that dining at the French Laundry with his cronies while everyone was warned that they would die if they left their houses might come off a little bad for his politics. This writer says we did not know that outdoor park benches and skate parks were safer than Hollywood sets. We didn't know that the Amazon warehouse were not safer than small businesses. He's saying, oh, I think we do everything differently now. You know, the interesting thing about this guy, if he had any balls, any backbone, he would drop his suit against Randy Mitchell, but he wants $120,000 from We'll be right back. We have another break, and we're going to do the third segment. had President Trump issue a public statement on this matter when, just yesterday, he released this video. The left-wing lunatics are trying very hard to bring back COVID lockdowns and mandates with all of their sudden fear-mongering about the new variants that are coming. Gee whiz, you know what else is coming? An election. They want to restart the COVID hysteria so they can justify more lockdowns, more censorship, more illegal drop boxes, more mail-in ballots, and trillions of dollars in payoffs to their political allies heading into the 2024 election. Does that sound familiar? These are bad people. These are sick people we're dealing with. But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words, we will not comply. I am back on the road uh, at another airport, flying to a secret location for an undercover speakeasy. It's a lot of those actions. Um, but I have to say, my observation is that airports in the UK are absolutely screwing people over and it's pissing me right off. It's being done deliberately to create pinch points at airports to make it punitive for drivers to drive to airports or to be at airports or to drop off at airports. So they charge you if you want to go and do drop off, like a tenner for five minutes, which is ridiculous. They charge you if you want to park your car near to the airport. They charge you if you want to park your car 85 miles away from the airport and then bus in for eight years. 
They charge you if you stop in the wrong place. And this airport here has got idiot cockwombles driving around in vehicles with vi video cameras on the vehicles so that they can catch people doing the wrong thing so then they can find them. And there are signs up everywhere saying, if you stop your car, it's a hundred quid. So before you even try to go on holiday, you're either going to be penalized, you're going to get a penalty, or you're going to pay upwards of, I don't know, a hundred quid for the crime of trying to drive your family and luggage to the airport. And this is happening at every single airport. You must not think for one moment this is done, being done by chance. You must not think for one moment this is just to help things run better at the airport. It is not. It is being done so that eventually... The, pardon? No, I'm not applying there. But thank you. No, it's very nice of you. I was just complaining about the airport. Oh, you're so darling. Thank you. Thank you. You're a very nice man. Thank you. Gentlemen checking, I'm not on this flight. But it's being done deliberately in order that you eventually can be penalised out of being able to go to airports. And the only people who will be able to afford to fly will be business passengers, was it is exactly the plan, is that ordinary little people won't be flying anywhere. That's what's being done to people. It makes me really weep why we can't just allow people to have some fun and enjoy themselves. And that's also the reason why British people have to down at least 15 pints when they get to the airport, because the whole experience has been so damn traumatic. It looks like Keanu Reeves is finally speaking out about how Hollywood elites like Oprah and Dwayne The Rock Johnson are trying to use the Maui fires to scam people out of donation money, and you're not going to believe what he has to say. Keanu Reeves has talked about how grief changes you, and no matter how long ago a traumatic event happened, it still affects you and changes you. In an interview with Parade Magazine, Keanu Reeves said grief changes shape, but it never ends. People have a misconception that you can deal with it and say, it's gone and I'm better. They're wrong. When the people you love are gone, you're alone. And don't forget Kanye said trauma and grief is how the Hollywood elites control people and use them for their own advantage. Following the Maui wildfires, which left 115 people dead just a few weeks ago, Oprah Winfrey and Dwayne The Rock Johnson came forward and launched the People's Fund of Maui, allegedly providing direct financial assistance to victims of the wildfires. The two mega billionaires asked people to donate as much as they could to the fund. However, rumors that this fund might be a scam have started floating around. What does Oprah have to do with the Maui wildfires? And is she really trying to steal donation money to buy more land in Maui? Let's find out. I'm completely heartbroken over this, and I know all of you are too. Everything that I've seen transpire over these past couple of days, everything that continues to transpire, hour by hour, minute by minute, it, it's, it's, all, it's all heartbreaking. The Maui wildfires were responsible for 115 confirmed deaths back in August. And with more than 300 people still missing, these fires are turning out to be the worst natural disaster in the history of Hawaii. The Maui wildfires destroyed Hawaii to the point of a national emergency and left thousands of people without a place to live. In the middle of all this chaos, it was revealed that Oprah owned more than 2,000 acres of land in Maui. Oprah owning this much land in a native Hawaiian area received mostly negative reactions from people as everyone thought it was weird for Oprah to own land, knowing it might lead to the displacement of the native people. Soon after this was revealed, Oprah launched a campaign to collect donations for the people of Maui. A lot of people felt that Oprah was doing this to distract people from the news of her owning gigantic swaths of land in native areas. However, what made these rumors even worse was news that Oprah's entire donation campaign might be a sham. Oprah revealed her plan to launch the people 
People's Fund of Maui on the 31st of August, along with Dwayne Johnson. The two said that they had launched the fund to put money directly in the people of Maui and that each affected survivor would receive $1,200. The two posted a video on both Instagram and TikTok with the caption, We're honored to announce the People's Fund of Maui, a fund putting money directly in the pockets of those who were affected by the recent wildfires. As we have seen firsthand, the impacts of these wildfires have been devastating, and we're here to ensure with 100% guarantee that your donations will go directly into the hands of Lahaina residents. Now let's just say, people weren't exactly loving the idea of a billionaire and a multimillionaire asking working class people to donate when they themselves could have done so much more. One fan commented under the video saying, Girl, you got some nerve asking us working class people who can barely afford to put food on the table for our families to donate. Why don't you ask your millionaire billionaire buddies to help? Other people also replied to the video calling out Oprah for her performative activism and said, What's really sad is that a lot of people will donate their hard-earned money simply because of who she is. They will blindly trust her and never bother to question. Why isn't she hitting up all her millionaire buddies? Because they probably know better. I know a lot of people think Oprah is some angel, but they are fools. This woman is beyond evil. Another wolf in sheep's clothing, it makes me sick to my stomach. Another user joked, math ain't mathing with this one. You guys literally have so much money. You can donate it and make it back within a year. Now performative activism and lack of genuine contribution aside, Oprah and Dwayne did at least help the people of Maui, right? As it turns out, that didn't happen at all. Oprah and Dwayne claimed that they had started the fund to help the people of Maui since they both had such a deep history with the place. Soon after the fund launched, however, people found out that the guarantee of Maui residents receiving 100% of the donations wasn't entirely correct. One woman on TikTok decided to dig into the organization and found out that while affected Maui residents were only receiving $1,200 each, the executives involved in managing the fund were making well over $100,000 to sometimes even $400,000. Again, this is the nonprofit. Look at the salaries of the executives. The president of the nonprofit that manages this fund is making over $400,000 a year. You got the CEO making over $300,000. You have the CFO making over $290,000 a year. These are the executives. All these people, you go all the way down, right? Except for the people on the board. You go all the way down to VP Advocacy, and they're making over $171,000 a year. These are the salaries of the people that are executives of the nonprofit that's managing this fund. They're giving these people $1,200. The f are they gonna do with $1,200? Now, if that didn't make it clear that Oprah was doing everything just for looks, wait till you find out that she actually hired a security team to keep wildfire survivors away from her land. A viral video of Twitter claimed this with the user saying, we were so concerned about what was happening in Maui. You're so concerned about what's happening in Maui that you somehow managed to hire a private firefighting team to protect your land before the fires started. You're so concerned about what's happening in Maui that instead of taking some of that land and housing even a small portion of those displaced people, you've hired a private security team to keep them off your land. You're so concerned about Maui that you simply haven't had time to denounce any of the shady real estate deals which are robbing people of everything they have, you know, like the ones you were involved in. The user also went on to add, you are so concerned about Maui that you are asking the American public, most of whom can't pay their rent right now, to donate the money to your fundraiser instead of actively donating that money and helping. The nail in the coffin, however, has to be the fact that both Oprah and Dwayne Johnson blatantly lied about their own donations. When the fund was announced, Oprah and Dwayne 
Dwayne Johnson said that they were going to include $10 million of their own money to the cause. A recent fact check, however, has revealed that the fund only has $4,000 in it at the moment. Shocked? You're not the only one. Oprah's complete lack of empathy and her commitment to doing basically nothing helpful for the people of Maui was so obvious that even other celebrities started calling her out. Jason Momoa hinted at the situation with Oprah's fund and talked about how some truly evil people were trying to scam people under the guise of asking for donations. Jason later advised his fans to only donate to funds and campaigns that he himself had shared on his account. I wanted to inform everyone that there has been some people on Instagram pretending to be me asking for money. Pure evil, in my opinion. I'm not gonna be reaching out to anyone on Instagram to ask for money. I am posting and reposting as much as possible to the proper places you can donate, but I am not reaching out to anyone asking for money, so please do not send money to these up people. Lahaina underscore Ohana underscore Venmo is directly delivered to the families in need. Oprah is taking advantage of people in a bad situation and using their pain to benefit herself. Newsom's now saying criticism of California's tough COVID-19 restrictions was valid. And he would have taken an entirely different approach given what he knows now about the pandemic. I don't think so. He said, I think we would have done everything differently. Well, then why don't you quit pursuing businesses that stayed open, rightly stayed open, understood COVID better than you and the rest of your cronies? instead of trying to come and destroy them. He said, I think all of us, in terms of our collecting wisdom, we've evolved. We didn't know what we didn't know. We we're experts in hindsight. We don't need people that are experts in hindsight. We need people that honor the Constitution. Newsom didn't know that dining at the French Laundry with his cronies while everyone else warned that they would die if they left their houses might come off badly. Two years of kids missing school. All right, I'm, I'm just debating here where to stop here on this. I want to just, uh, this there's a little story that I ran across that uh, I want to mention to you. It's, a, it's about a guy named Joey Hale, an actual story, true story. It says, let me tell you about loyalty. The kind of loyalty that is Joey Hale. Joey Hale is 52 years old, and today he's celebrating his 20th year of working at the pub Publix Market at Valleydale Village in Birmingham. Joy is an example of America at work. He survived a brain tumor as a child, 
underwent seven brain operations, had a bad accident as a schoolboy, had to learn to walk and talk over again. For two decades, Joey Hale has never been late to work. For you uh, people in the public education system, that's 20 years. He's never missed a day of work. He's never complained. He bags the groceries, stocks the shelves, collects the baggage, baggies. Sorry, buggies. Those are the carts, we would call them. He does that rain or shine. Year after year, Joey has doled out jokes and good news to customers. He's a shining example of how kindness and faith and positivity can rub off on others. He's an inspiration. Joey Hale is the best, loyal and true. It's interesting, these basic things that Joey Hale, who sounds like he's got some handicaps, disabilities, whatever flavor you want to call him, we have to try to teach these because people don't have any idea what they mean. I talked to a woman, known her and her husband for years, and I could tell by her posts on social media that it didn't seem like she was with him and, and left. And she, he wouldn't, he wouldn't work. He wouldn't go to work every day. He just would not work. He has all kinds of kids. He has a great wife. He's a hardworking wife. He would not go to work to support the family. The Bible says if you do that, you're worse than a pagan. It's a pitiful thing. It's a shameful thing. So, uh, Joey Hale. Did you know that there's a real movement to go overseas to foreign countries the movement of men to to marry women from other countries, not mail order bride type thing. They're they're not just like it isn't a sex thing. It isn't a uh, a hustle. It's actually men going over to meet and get to know women in other countries and marrying from there instead of marrying among their own kind, if I can say it that way, American women. And uh, I think it's a phenomenon. I run into it all the time. I see men flying with uh, spouses or girlfriends from Asian countries where I fly into. And uh, you see them walking around the streets over there. They're getting to know each other. And, of course, guys in the military married Asians all the time and other, other flavors. But there's an article, Tyler Durden D-U-R-D-E-N, he wrote an article, Passport Bros, Passport Bros, Feminists Are Outraged at Men Going Overseas to Find Traditional Wives. You ever wonder why feminists are just so angry all the time? I don't know whether they're angry because they're actually a woman. But many of them have left everything to become successful careers, and they've accomplished them, and they're still not happy. And so now they're angry at men for another reason, and that is it's, it, they're not, since they're not providing a partner for men that is a good wife, they're mad because they're going to another country to get, I'm putting quotes around this, a traditional wife. Feminists are just angry when you 
are just a regular guy in America, and they're angry if you go outside the country to find yourself a woman. A movement of men called Passport Brothers are they're traveling outside the countries to find wives in foreign places known for more traditional women that defy feminist taboos. The movement has gained exponential traction and attention in the past year as most countries are finally lifting COVID restrictions. Uh, it's happening. I know I have a number of my friends have married Filipino ladies or Filipina ladies. He talks about the difference of not being just mail order brides. They're going overseas with the intention of marrying outside the U.S. as a way to avoid crushing divorce laws. The strategy also makes them less likely to be exploited by foreign women only looking for access to the U.S. It is the key difference, which is feminists in a rage in the West. They just are fit to be tied. How dare they go? They don't want to marry the guys, but they want them to be miserable and single here. says, Passport Brothers are an unacceptable development that needs to be shamed and squashed before they lose control. Attacks are often directed at foreign women who feminists describe as uneducated, poor, ignorant, and desperate. That's a stereotype because the actual case is they are, some of them are college graduates. They're accomplished. They're smart. And they act different than feminists. But they're just angry as can be. This guy says the reason why U.S. men would leave the country to avoid f women influenced by feminism is not a mystery. My wo my, while most women are mercenary by their biological nature, American women tend to be the most expensive. Studies show that the majority of women around the world prefer a man with larger annual income, but the magic number for a man to be desirable in the U.S. is six figures, preferably 200K. I just think there's too much drama over here. It's, they're just different over there. He said the popularity and lack of Personal responsibility promoted by feminism also plays a major role in the fading marriage prospects of women in the U.S. Studies show that women with extensive sexual histories and more sexual partners tend to have less happy marriages once they decide to settle down. Instead of reflecting on their own flaws and ideals as the cause of this trend, feminists instead do what they always do try to sabotage the happiness of others and bottleneck all social discourse through their own narrow filter of the world. If you stay and court them to marry, you are evil. If you walk away from them, you're still evil. So the author says, why don't you just walk away? It's hot tonight. Thirsty, I'm drinking Vietnamese tea. Do you remember, it's been a year ago now, the Loudoun County, Virginia School Board for that district there, Loudoun County School District. And uh, 
a father had been upset because his daughter, I think she's a freshman, was sexually assaulted by a transgender boy, a gay boy. He went into the girl's bathroom and raped her repeatedly. They moved him. They hid the case. They didn't prosecute him. They moved him to another school. He raped a girl over there. Do you remember this? And there was a viral video that went around of Scott Smith, pretty big boy, who went into the school board meeting and was furious because the school superintendent actually lied about it and did a cover-up. So they took him to the ground and arrested him. The other day, Governor Yunkin who was elected about that time as well because parents were furious in Virginia schools, school boards, with the curriculums, with the lack of discipline, all kinds of things. So Scott Smith, whose daughter was sexually assaulted by a transgender student, was railroaded by a corrupt Loudoun County justice system. In other words, they just didn't say, well, you know, all of us would be upset if our daughter or son were raped. No, they didn't take that into consideration. They thought you need to behave yourself and keep yourself under control at our meeting and be nice to us, even though we're not nice, or we're going to have you arrested. So they had him arrested. So he had, he, uh, had crimes that he had committed now. So let me read you what the judge said is verdict. He says, whereas i sorry, the uh, governor. Whereas Scott Thomas Smith has been publicly and falsely accused of domestic terrorism and hate crimes for attempting to advocate for his daughter, a victim of sexual assault. Now, therefore, I, Glenn A. Yunkin, governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, do hereby grant unto Scott Thomas Smith the absolute pardon from the conviction for disorderly contact, contact handed down by the general district court of the county of Loudoun, on April 17, 2021, he was convicted of disorderly contact, followed a heated confrontation at a public school board meeting, which he attended as a concerned parent after his daughter was sexually abused in the bathroom. He's lucky. They're lucky that he didn't shoot somebody in that that place. So this tells kind of how it happened. But here, here's some of the interesting things that happened as a result of it. When he went into the courtroom, a radical leftist threatened him to use social media to ruin his business. A police officer then grabbed Smith from behind, struggled, and uh, put him in jail. This is what led to the National School Boards Association contacting the Biden administration and asked to categorize parents who are concerned about their kids schooling domestic terrorists. And a letter went out from the Department of Justice. Garrick, uh, Merrick Garland is a liar and corrupt, and he wouldn't admit anything about 
the connection between the two. The National School Boards Association then retracted the letter. There was so much complaint about it as taking away people's rights. But Merrick Garland has weaponized against parents through the creation of an FBI task force supposedly designed to address violent threats made against officials. The bullies in our school system are not the parents and are not the kids. They're the government officials that run the schools. Says since the school board incident, it's been quite a deal ordeal for Smith. That's the father of the girl that was raped. Uh, he says it's kind of bittersweet because I really look forward to winning this in court, but unfortunately our justice system is so screwed up right now that I didn't feel that I could potentially get a fair shot in court. Is that a mouthful for you? I have never heard anybody say that. That's what should scare every American, he says, that I have had to take this because I cannot trust our justice system. The, the court is led by a person that called Buddha, BBRaj, a left hand leftist, hard leftist, who refuses to prosecute shoplifters and other politically correct criminals, but decided to throw the book at Smith and seek jail time against him, all the better to discourage other parents from coming to the meeting and exercising their constitutional rights. Bibaraj said of Yunkin, he chose to interfere in the legal process, but not for justice, but for political gain. And justice system does not does not work when a governor becomes the judge of the and the jury. Yunkin, however, did become judge and jury. What he became was a constitutional correction person to a two-tiered progressive system run amok. He pardoned Smith, and uh, it'll probably affect him in his popularity in New York City. So we'll just sort that out when we get there. Let me go up here and just give a shout out to uh, friends over at All Power Services. If you don't even know what that means, I'm going to explain it to you. And uh, I'm just looking up a, another number for Will Fanning. So he's got two numbers now All Power Services. That's Will Fanning and Associates. They fix. Anything that has power connected to it, even small items like tools, weed eaters, lawnmowers, rototillers, easy to eat. You just take them in, they fix them, give them back to you. 
They also do tractors. They do cars. They do all the. They do anything. They can fix anything. Those boys. So I'm going to give you two numbers. One is a cell number for Will, five three zero eight four four zero three four seven eight four four zero three four seven. The landline is seven nine zero. Same area code fifty one hundred five three zero seven nine zero fifty one hundred. So if you have broken anything, take it all over there. And they're at 1469 Stewart Road, just south of Yuba City, just off Highway 99, going west. Okay, you got that? Beautiful. If you've got a plumbing problem, go over and see Thrifty Rooter. That's Bill and Carl Artominko. Most all of these businesses, good portion of more than half, have been in business for 40 years or more. It's amazing. That that would include Thrifty Rooter. And they're located in multiple counties. So if you can hear me, you're in Northern California, they probably serve you. They know the I know they serve about four or five counties here, including Lincoln, the city of Lincoln, and Placer County, Butte County, Nevada County, Calusa County, and of course Yuba Sutter. So Thrifty Rooter, if you need some help. They do urban plumbing and rural plumbing. You think, what is the difference? Well, one difference is you usually have a septic system out there, and that can get complicated at times if you don't manage it. So 530-673-8201. Once again, 530-673-8201. Thrifty Rooter. Okay. We'll be right back. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And that'd be the same with COVID. Same applies to the coronavirus. If she had COVID, if she really had COVID, she doesn't need to get the COVID shot. She she could get one, you know, she can do one shot just as some extra protection. Be safe. So just one and done. But I think really one and done is probably all she needs because then the sort of if she's already at the doctor's office, she might as well get a second shot. So two would be combined with the natural immunity, natural immunity, two shots. She's good to go. And that would really be all she would need, except for the boosters, of course, because those offer this sort of extra uh, immunity towards the virus that that the natural immunity can't really protect then she's protected and then of course just to be sort of extra safe i would just get a booster shot every six months for the rest of your life and that'll sort of just get that ultra protection going and that's really all all the time that i have but you want to be careful just sort of do the right thing so well that all checks out and everybody go do the right thing just so we're clear on the scale of the issue Each electric vehicle battery for a heavy-duty truck weighs 8,000 pounds, and you need at least two of them. So we're talking the weight of, you know, four or five cars. And 
our, my friends and peers in the industry nationwide who have tried to make efforts to put in, say, hey, I'm going to convert a dozen forklifts to electric, or I want to tee up a facility for 30 electric trucks. There is no power. The utilities come back, the cities come back and say, is this some kind of joke? One friend tried to put in, in Illinois a, uh, a facility, tee it up for 30 trucks electrification. The city came back and said, this is some kind of joke. You're asking for more draw than the entire city requires. And just to give you an idea, 30, 50 trucks, that's like a five, six megawatt application. The factory that makes the trucks is a two megawatt factory. The average American earns about $31,000 a year. If this that's is it. all true, you should be angry. Uh, the average American pays about $16,600 a year. Now, the people in Congress, this doesn't affect them or, the, or in the Hill or inside the Beltway. We're talking about the, the real Americans who live out there scratching out a living. Facts. Keep in mind that Listen. a person who works all his life and then tries to draw on Social Security can expect a monthly payment of probably $1,400, if they're lucky, $1,400. We hand every alleged asylum seeker, illegal migrant, pouring into the border in Texas or wherever else. We hand them when they get there $2,200. And Is we put true? them on that $2,200 diet from there on out per month. If it is, that's Yet a shame. Somebody who works all his life, retires and draws Social Security, gets 1400 Wisconsin, I am so, so, so happy for you that you get to be done with Aaron Rodgers. I'm so happy. Oh. Oh. All the ego and the chaos and the drama, you needed a break. And that's what your new guy is. Is, is he good? I don't know, but he's quiet. <laughs> what I'm saying is that Jordan Love is the Joe Biden of the Green Bay Packers. He is. <laughs> Love him or hate him, at least it's a little bit of a respite. That's all. second half of our show we're on to our fourth segment of six so some of you are listeners from california and there's some stuff that we need to do and one of the things one of the blessings of living in in california is that we got some tax help back in 1978 i think it was and um that was the first change of proposition 13. Then there was another proposition passed. I think it was 57, 58. That was in 1986. 76% of the voters passed proposition 58, which created a parent child exclusion from reassessment when property is transferred between generations. That means you could transfer your property to your young one. And they wouldn't reassess the value and charge them fantastic prices, uh, taxes. Uh, and 193 gave grandparents that same benefit. 
And uh, so uh, we called that the death tax here. But unfortunately, a couple of years ago, Proposition 19 was put on the ballot. And as usual in this state, they, the, the write-up deceived the voters. And the write-up said the reason we're going to do this is we are going to protect wildlife victims and senior citizens, wildfire victims. They may have may or may not have done that, but they what they did is they penalized people wanting to give their valuables to their young kids or their old kids, their children. So even our our uh, supposed Republican congressman James Gallagher endorsed Prop 19 shockingly because the entire Prop 13 system made it harder for government to raise ta- raise taxes and made it easier for people to get rid of their house if they needed to move into a care home without egregious taxation and made it made it easier for people to give away their houses to their family members without punishing their family members. So, uh, Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, you can look them up at hjta.org. You can, uh, I'm just looking at the page this follows up on. Because I'm looking at their newsletter right now, reading right from it. So they're they're trying to get the tax repealed. This death tax, this death tax part of it. So if you're a Californian, you can sign up for this. You can sign a petition, and they're like one-page petitions. I'm going to tell you how to do it. You go to repealthedeathtax.com. Repealthedeathtax.com. Once you do that, then you can download it onto your device or computer. And then you can print it out. If you have a printer, or maybe you could go to a print shop and you could you could forward it to them with an email or something and they could print it out. What you're going to see is an eight and a half by 11 page of paper that one or two people could sign. And uh, that's it. You sign it and you mail it in to Howard Jarvis taxpayers association. Very, very simple. If you want to do multiple ones, you can run off as many as you want. We'll do that at church of glad tidings. And we'll have stacks of them there where people can fill them out and ask for this ballot measure to go on the November 2024 ballot. So that's repealthedeathtax.com. It's a one-page deal. What I would do if you don't have a if you don't have a um, the computer is talk to somebody that you know has one and say, could you print this out for me? You might be able to even call howardjarvistaxpayers.org. I don't know what their number is offhand. It's probably here really close. 
you could call them, they would probably mail you one out. I'm just looking for a phone number here, and I don't see one offhand. You can look it up online. Howard, you go hjta.org or Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association phone number, and they'll probably pull it up if you want them to mail you one. I'll probably print off some myself, and you could get, get them from me. If you're obviously, this is a Sutter County issue, not a Yuba County issue, not a Butte County issue. So I think I'll print some off and have them uh, around with me. And you could just pick them up. Then uh, we'll have an address for you to send them to. And uh, you can take care of business. Well, when I, you know, the other day, someone's husband became ill, a good friend of mine, very ill. He's in the hospital in dire straits. And um, she said, Lou, I, I'm having trouble with the bank. My husband had the bank in his name. And uh, he just pushed money into my account, da-da-da. And I need to get some money out of there. They're not playing ball with me. And I said, oh, go see Nellie. And I made some other suggestions. But I said, if you, she said, well, maybe I ought to go see an attorney. I said, well, you can, but it's a waste of money. And uh, so I told her to, to dial up Nellie. I've actually forwarded her number to her. So North Valley Paralegal can solve legal problems for you and file paperwork and do research and all that kind of stuff. They are 1110 Civic Center Boulevard, 202A. That's a suite number, suite 202A. In Yuba City, and you can dial this, I believe, is a landline at 530-751-9289, 751 and she will help you with your legal needs. And I've had a number of friends lately that have had to create a will. Uh, their husband or spouse were in the hospital and not in a good way and did not have a good prognosis. So, But we had time to deal with all the legalities, which we did. So that's that's very simple. North Valley Paralegal, 530-751-9289. Also, Allen's Auto Body, if you want to fix your car up, if your car got in a fight or somebody dinged it over the weekend, scratched it with a, a knife or something like that, Allen's Auto Body are your people. They are friends of mine. It's the Clark family, extended family, mom and dad, and the kids. They're all working on these vehicles in there, making them nice. And uh, I've used them myself. They're at 530-671-1057, 530-671-1057. They're at the corner of Tea Garden and Sutter Street in Yuba City. That's the, Sutter is the street you're on. Tea Garden's across the across street. It's a, it's a bright, bright, bright yellow building. You can't miss it. And talk to Kevin. He's the boss man over there. Okay. So let's get back into this now. Um, just kind of checking a couple things here before we get started. 
So Youngkin gave this guy a righteous, what they call a righteous pardon, Scott Thomas Smith. He was convicted of disorderly conduct following a heated confrontation at the meeting, which he attended as a concerned parent after his daughter was sexually assaulted. But it was a lot worse than that. The girl was assaulted. The superintendent of schools hid the whole thing, buried the whole thing, tried to make the whole thing go away. Except the parents were still alive. The kid was still alive. So they they decided to go after them and and prosecute the father as an example. Uh, Scott says it's been quite an experience. I'm thankful for Yunkin administration giving me an off ramp to these charges. It should never have happened. He said, I'm hoping to win this in court. But unfortunately, the justice system is totally goofed. This writer says, what should scare every American is the unequal justice system. Buta Babieri, he's a hard leftist who refuses to prosecute shoplifters and other politically correct criminals, but decided to throw the book at Smith and seek jail time against him. It says at the bottom, Yunkin, of course, didn't apply didn't become the judge and jury here. What he did was make a constitutional correction to a two-tiered progressive justice system that ran amok. His pardon of Smith will hold a bold and refreshing move, a move that can only bolster his stature among Republicans. Republicans in California, there are no Republicans that are serving the Republican Party. They're all cronies. They aren't to be listened to. Since we just passed 9-11, I never thought that I would have my mind changed about 9-11 so thoroughly. But there is plenty of evidence from observers, from films, to, I'm not saying that, that a plane didn't fly into the building. Those buildings were blown up, Bu- building the uh, the Twin Towers plus building number seven. I just watched a video on it this morning. And they were blown up. You can hear the explosions. And people talk about the fact that they blew up. It was not as we've been told. It was what they call an inside job. You remember how the CIA and the FBI work on trying to create 
the right environment for a crime and then get known criminals to step through the hoop to get caught. That's just stuff that happens. So, uh, way to go, Glenn Youngkin. So last week I talked about a F-150 truck, Ford, that went cross-country with, with electric, electric car. And the guy began reporting back on social media what a horrible experience it was. Some filling spots weren't available. Some were broken. Uh, it was just gnarly. And he ended up switching out and going to a, a traditional truck. Left his owned truck, the truck he bought, just left it parked somewhere and rented a beater from somebody. So... Um, Jennifer, is that her name? Jennifer Granholm. She used to be the governor of Michigan, I believe. Jennifer Granholm. She's the lady who was testifying before the Senate. And Josh Hawley asked her specifically about people in her office that might have investments in energy. Remember, she's the energy secretary. So he said it's off limits for you to to invest in the energy business. You have insider information when the stock's going to go down, when it's going to go up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Granholm said to Josh Hawley, he says, have you, uh, do you own any energy stocks? She said, oh, definitely not. She said she had sold them months before, a year before, whatever. Uh, so recently, she tried to do a run in a Ford F-150 electric vehicle. And if you're governor and you want to do a test drive, you can't just do it on your own. You've got to have a whole detail of highway patrolmen circling your car. You have to have a lot of it, a lot of security. And so they didn't just have all electric cars. They carried another vehicle or two or brought another vehicle or two, someone driving it, that uh, was a fossil fuel car. So after they went for a while, they needed to recharge the batteries on the car, the truck. And they had problems find a place to do the charging. Sometimes it was the wrong type of charger. But the long and the short of it is they, they needed top people in the state to get involved in her state. And uh, she ended up all fouled up. And so what they... They traveled not all in EV vehicles. They also traveled with normal vehicles, gas-powered vehicles. So they they were the gas-powered vehicle. Uh, they had they had gas vehicles 
following the electric vehicles. So they had to come up and save the day. And what they, they went, they found a charging unit way up the road. So they thought, well, we can make it there. So when they drove up there, when the gas vehicle drove up there, there was an opening, one opening left. So the gas vehicle, just like you'd vote, drive into a handicap space, nobody maybe needs that handicap space all day, but you can't sit there. So he pulled into the charging space, and somebody went and called the police on the governor because she was violating the law and just bogarting the spot, as we would call it. They had all kinds of problems. There was Tesla plug-ins all over the place, but not regular plug-ins. There's nothing green about an electric car. There's nothing green about it. It was, it was built with very expensive minerals, uh, trace minerals, lithium, all these batteries, thousands of pounds of batteries. And it's not green driving on the road either. The electricity that it uses has to be produced by something. And most of it's being produced by some kind of coal-fired plant. You remember the environmentalists, we had two massive um, nuclear plants that had no carbon footprint, if you really believe in that stuff. No carbon footprint. But they shut down San Onofre and San Diego area down near the Tijuana border. And then they had planned to shut down Mount, uh, Mount Diablo power plant over by San Luis Obispo, right on the ocean. But Newsom stopped that because I, it's very simple. There was going to be not enough power for the state of California if they shut that down. It's a huge deal. So, Hot Air's David Strom wrote, wrote, Teslas are the cars that are the easiest to charge with a far more plentiful and reliable charging network as with everything else Graham Holm does. Politics trump practicality. We'll be right back. I'm going to start my fist. and feel like a complete stranger to it. Right is wrong and wrong is right. Evil is being called good and good is being called evil. Our children are being stripped of their innocence. Perversion is being taught in our schools. It has become completely clear now that we have a two-tier justice system. Parents are losing their God-given right to parent and our unborn are being sacrificed for convenience. It's getting darker 
and darker and darker. The evil has become tangible. Part of me, a large part of me, just wants to run away from it all, to escape, to hide, and to just let it all implode. But when I pray on it, I know that I was born for this time, that you were born for this time, out of all of time, this time. God knew me before he formed me, just like he knew you before he formed you. And he chose to put us here for right now. So as a Christian, we're watching these events unfold, things that have been spoken that will happen starting to happen. I have found myself asking, okay, so what, what do I do? And when I ask God about this, I'm brought to Luke 19. And in Luke 19, Jesus tells this parable about a nobleman who is going to receive for himself a kingdom. But before he goes, he calls his servants to him and he tells them very specifically to occupy until he comes. Occupy, to take and to hold. We are to occupy until he comes. To occupy our homes, to occupy our kids' schools, to occupy our places of business, to occupy our communities, to occupy our government, to occupy our culture. We are to occupy until he comes. So do not be discouraged by the increasing darkness of this world. We are to shine bright with the love of Jesus. Remember, we're in this world, but we're not of it. So on that day, when you stand before the creator of the universe and he looks you in the eye, you can know that you gave it all you had, that you occupied. Or maybe he doesn't want the American people, all of you watching tonight, to know that he's paid nothing in federal taxes because the only years that anybody's ever seen were a couple of years when he had to turn them over to state authorities when he was trying to get a casino license and they showed he didn't pay any federal income tax. So that makes if me he's smart. paid zero, that means- And she could have done this years ago, by the way. She's a United States, she was a United States Senator. She complains that Donald Trump took advantage of the tax cut. Well, why didn't she change it? Why didn't you change it when you were a Senator? The reason you didn't is that all your friends take the same advantage that I do, and I do. You have provisions in the tax code that, frankly, we could change, but you wouldn't change it because all of these people give you the money so you can take negative ads on Donald Trump. But, and I say that about a lot of things. You know, I've, I've heard Hillary complaining about so many different things over the years. I wish you'd have done this. But she's been there for 30 years. She's been doing this stuff. She never changed. Anyone can come to the U.S. Like Absolutely. Go to the Statue of Liberty. What's it say? All is welcome. Dude, this is great because okay. I just happened to pick up um, three guys from Honduras. Well, they were at Home Depot. They're, they're from Honduras, and they have nowhere to go. So this just works out perfect. Look, um, Hector takes medication twice a day. And, and right now, they got to use the bathroom. All three of them. Uh, is it cool if they stay here? No. Why not? What do you mean? I don't know, but So they can't stay here then? It's cool if they come to the country, just not your f***ing house? No! It would take hours to go over all the evidence which proves that the attack on September 11th, 2001 was an inside job. And I suggest you look into it if you haven't already. But to simplify the situation, all you need to do is look at Building 7. What some people still don't realize 
is that there were three buildings that fell into their own footprint that day. Three buildings that fell at free fall speed, indistinguishable from controlled demolitions, because that's exactly what they were. As the towers came crashing down, we can see the signatures of a controlled demolition. The official story is that Building 7, known as Seven World Trade Center, caught fire as a result of debris from the Twin Towers, which somehow caused a critical internal column to break, causing a cascading failure and collapse. And if this nonsensical official narrative were true, it would make it the first and only steel skyscraper in the world to collapse from fires. The building's owner, Larry Silverstein, took control of the Twin Towers just weeks before 9-11 and had them insured to cover terrorist attacks. After Building 7 collapsed, Silverstein told the media that the decision was made to pull it, suggesting that the building was collapsed on purpose. I remember getting a call from the uh, fire department commander telling me that they were not sure they were going to be able to contain the fire. I said, you know, we've had such terrible loss of life. Maybe the smartest thing to do is, is pull it. Uh, and they made that decision to pull, and then we watched the building collapse. This implies that they somehow rigged the explosives that afternoon while the building was still burning, which is ridiculous. And so the media dismissed his comments and changed their story. There were several witnesses who reported hearing and feeling the type of explosions one would expect from a controlled demolition. You heard explosions, like boom. It's like a distinct sound. Big explosion, blew us back into the eighth floor. Somebody grabbed my shoulder and I started running and the shit's hitting the ground behind me. And uh, the whole time you're hearing thum, 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 thum. So, I, I think I know an explosion when I hear it. Do you know if it was an explosion or if it was a building collapse? To me it sounded like, it, it's, to me it sounded like an explosion. The explosions were captured on video. You wanna call, you, you wanna call your mother or something? First responders were told that the building was going to be blown up. Um, and you were, you guys knew this was coming all day. We had been had, we had heard reports that the building was unstable, and that it eventually would either come down on its own, or it would be taken down. The BBC reported live on air that the building already collapsed before it did. Television viewers could see it in the background, still standing. Ago, I was talking about the Salomon Brothers building collapsing, and indeed it has. Apparently that's only a few hundred yards away from where the World Trade Center towers were. And it seems that this was not a result of a new attack. It was because the uh, building had been weakened. And the investigation never even investigated for explosives. The Republican White House then signed into law the Patriot Act which allowed the next Democrat White House to target U.S. civilians as if they were domestic terrorists. And they amended the Defense Authorization Act, which allowed the next Republican White House to experiment on the American people with deadly gene therapy and nanotech vaccines, 
The same people who did 9-11 are pulling off the climate hoax and the deadly COVID shots. They run both parties of our government. Many have forgotten, and it's time to wake up before they kill us all. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. up here in Yuba County. It's starting to get hot tonight. Talking to Dr. Cassidy earlier, just catching up with him on projects we work on together. Dr. Cassidy and I work together helping addicts get off the street. Talked to a guy this week that happened to have an alcohol problem and, and uh, had it for a few years, working alcoholic, works every day. But he said, I've got this problem. I think I'm going to deal with it. And so I said, go for it. And so he called, left a message for Dr. Cassidy to get an appointment. Every week we're doing this. People are getting signed up to, to get in and get some help. So if that's you and you have any kind of addiction issue, uh, I'm going to give you the place where Dr. Cassidy works. <clears throat> it's 530-749-3242, 530-749-3242. That's the receptionist at Peachtree Health. They're located in Linda, California, and also all around Central, uh, not Central California, but their valley here in Sacramento Valley. And Yuba City Mary's all located at a few locations. So when you ask doctor for Dr. Cassidy, they'll tell you what location he will be at on a particular day. So if you if you have trouble getting through on that line, Dr. Cassidy says to to text him during the day one time. Just give him your name, addiction, and your phone number, and he will get a hold of you and make the appointment for you. 530-682-8648. 682-8648. And if, if both of those are tough for you and you just want somebody right now, you can reach me any day of the week. At 530-713-1838, 713-1838. And uh, the reason we're doing this is, is that we're better than the government. The government is botching the handling of uh, dollars to help addicts and alcoholics. They're botching it big time. And it's not that complicated. You just have to put some energy into it, work into it. So give us a call, and we will we will help you get on your feet. Um, okay. Just checking my time and what I what else I got going on here. So so anyway, Granholm uh, Granholm was the gal that. As I mentioned earlier, Missouri Senator uh, Josh Hawley said, do you have any investments in the energy companies? And she said, no, I don't. And she lied to him. 
told you a couple weeks ago she had millions invested in this uh, bus solar firm. Uh, Sorry, a bus, electric bus firm. Electric bus firm went broke, got all these taxes and all these benefits and then went broke. And so she had money in there and she lied to uh, Holly. And uh, because he asked about her employees that you have no business investing in companies that you're going to have an influence over how their stock goes. So she bailed out of this stock right before they announced their bankruptcy. So now uh, she's she's trying she's telling everybody we got to go do electric vehicles, electric vehicles. We can't support them with we don't have enough electricity for them. Did you know that that some of the wait periods uh, says the planning that goes into a road trip with an EV is ridiculous. In spite of apps that should help locate a charging station on the fly, there is a lot more thought needed when picking one. You need to make sure that there's a charging station with the EV's driving radius, within driving radius. Then you need to make sure it's the speed charging station that you need. That takes 20 or 30 minutes. That's fast. Or if you've got a slow charger, that's going to be three to five hours. I'm just going to ask you, normally even on the road, We don't spend 20 minutes at a gas station. I've never spent 20 minutes at a gas station in my life to just pick up fuel, let alone three to five hours. Then the writer says you have to make sure the location is compatible with your needs. Fast charging is, you know what that means? You don't want to be in a rough part of town, baby, sitting around for an hour or two. Fast charging is preferable near a restaurant. And slow charging is preferable near a hotel. Does that make sense to you? This is going backwards vis-a-vis all the advances that we have made in road tripping with gas vehicles. You plug in your destination and there are easy gas stops all along the way. In other words, it just shows you all the gas stops. You, You know where everything is with gas stations. So we don't have the infrastructure support to support a high volume of EVs on the road. Did you think that electricity was going to be free to you for these these cars? I kind of thought that. I thought maybe they're going to give us all free electricity. Charging an EV is still more expensive than pumping gas. Did you know that? I didn't know that. According to Business Insider, charging any of these vehicles at home will run about $12.62 per 100 miles. So that means if you drive to Sacramento and back from here, that's about 100 miles, $12.62. They say you can do it less with gas. You could go down and back for less cost with gas. The difference, while not incredibly substantial, may add up. And when these drivers go to a public charging station, they're likely to pay about $16.10 per 100 miles. 
see the difference. You're you're away, and it's kind of like if you're away from town, they're going to say, oh, you're away from town? Then we're going to add another 30 cents on per gallon of gas. So basically the governor uh, was confronted even though she talked about all the wonderful virtues of electric cars, she was confronted with the fact that not only are there not enough charging stations that are working, uh, there isn't the electricity to support all these vehicles. So it's a big problem, big problem. Have you ever heard any talks about the cell phone and radiation concerns? Right now, our town is is being given over to the 5G systems. And without any request of the people's input, City Council marries those, just letting them put in these 5G systems. We had a presentation at a conference during COVID and two people, man and wife, not man and wife, but man and woman, talked about the power, uh, the radiation power off a cell phone, for example. And uh, their concerns were, were played out in France. France National Frequency Agency notified Apple of its decision to ban sales of the iPhone 12 after conducting lists of starting tests that showed that the, the smartphone's specific absorption rate, in other words, you're absorbing the rate, was slightly above the legal limit. Mr. Digital Transmit, Transition and Telecommunications, Joel, Joel Burrow, told, uh, told these guys that. They trusted 141 cell phones. This should be interesting to anybody. And their their rules over there, uh, the regulators found absorption of electromagnetic energy by the body was at 5.74 watts per kilogram. So however many kilograms you are, you can figure out how much you're soaking up. Uh The EU standard for SAR is 4.0 watts. So in other words, if your phone will put off 4.0 watts or less, they're good to go. They're not saying it's going to be good for your health. They're just saying we think that's upper limit. So the SIR, SAR values were found to be compliant for iPhone 12 devices being carried at a distance of five millimeters from the body, like in a coat pocket or bag. I thought it was just totally fascinating. When I was driving through Vietnam last week, we stopped at a fuel station, 
and they were putting in some charging units. And I thought, oh, kind of slow on the deal. They, when you drive down the main drive all the way down the ocean to Natrang, there are now hundreds and hundreds of these massive windmills. And uh, it's just a bad, it's a bad source of power. I'm just looking at the rest of this article, think, see if we need to spend any more time on it. Uh, France is prepared to order a roll call. to fix whatever device in the phone is kicking out all this radiation. So I think that's important to keep in mind. I wanted to also mention back to Howard Jarvis that, you know, usually on the ballot, they're always wanting more money. They're, they're not saying we're going to cut your taxes. Do you want to do that? Vote. They're not, they're, nothing usually has any benefits for you. All it has is what it's going to cost you. And um, I'm trying to find here. So this article in the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. You can go to hjta.org and learn all about this. I think it's a quarterly. I don't think it's monthly. I think it's quarterly. Uh, it's a great magazine, just paper. And uh, it says, you know, we're always used to, they're always arguing about how much is this a general tax? Is it a special tax? Do we need to get 66.67%? Or do we need to get uh, 50% plus one, right? So it says, why many voters don't know, what many voters don't know is that Prop 218, which was a complementary proposition to strengthen Prop 13 years before. What many voters don't know is that Prop 218, the Right to Vote Taxes Act, allows voters to initiate and approve a sales tax cut. So that means you get get petitions, you get signatures, you put it on the ballot, and you campaign for it. But the voters are going to be the drivers of this, not the supervisors. It was written by the Howard Jarvis Association, and it gives lo local voters the power of initiative to reduce or repeal local taxes. So it switches over here to six. And uh, all that you need to do is get a petition with 5% of the voters that voted in the last election. So, for instance, in Yuba County, where I'm sitting tonight, uh, the signature requirement to qualify a ballot measure to to remove Measure K, which 
dinged us for an extra percent. We would need 982 signatures. That's not very much. And we could put something on the ballot in the future to remove Measure K and the, and the 2% that they're dinging us every time we buy any product. I'm just looking to see what else we have here. Uh, so you might check in you, a group of citizens. I'm going to bring this up before Freedom Coalition, which is a group, small group of citizens, Yuba Sutter area, that we're looking for things that are profitable and used, not profitable to put money in our pockets, but they're profitable to make the, the county a better place to live and uh, solve problems. And so what this is an eye-opener for me that uh, it's called the, the Right to Vote Taxes Act. Yeah. 1996 is when the, the, uh, the original road tax, not road tax, but uh, fire tax was, was paid, uh, passed and paid on. And so now they're going to uh, try to stop this. Um, we stopped the Measure A. Now they're, the government really doesn't want this to pass because it takes away the, the carrot and the stick that every time they want some money, they always say, please and fire, please and fire, please and fire, please and fire. They don't say remodel the office, pay our pensions. They don't do that. So we have an opportunity here to do something totally different, and that's a totally legit. It's in the law book, and it was written by our forefathers back in the 1970s. So all right, we'll, we'll be right back. Are you okay with parental rights being erased? I'm Randy Thomason with your SaveCalifornia.com Minute. The ruling Democrats in the California State Senate have passed two big anti-parent bills, AB 665 coercively emancipating 12-year-olds for any reason, and AB 957 discriminating against religious parents in child custody cases. These Democrat state legislators have no qualms about eliminating your God-given parental rights, but have hope because Gavin Newsom is running for president and has a $31.5 billion state budget deficit hanging over him. So please call and email him to remind him how unpopular AB 665 and AB 957 are. See your simple action steps today at SaveCalifornia.com, championing your values in California. Listen, if I want your guns, I'll take your guns. 
I'll do whatever I want. I am the governor, okay? I am all powerful. No constitutional right in my view is absolute. I'm going scorched earth, okay? Full scorched earth. I will unleash the dragons and these guys are my dragons. Right guys? I'm the governor and you're not. Yeah, if there's an emergency, I can invoke additional powers and the constitution just poof, it goes away. It just disappears, so. Well, I'm like next level, okay? Khaleesi has nothing on me. This is for the children, okay? We're doing this to protect the kids. <laughs> the bad guys out there that are trying to harm these kids, they're gonna hear my edict and they're gonna be like, we gotta do what she says, and they will. Listen, you guys, I got a taste of power during COVID and I just can't let it go. Man named Nathan, his Liberty Safe was opened up by the feds because Liberty Safe gave them the secret backdoor key to the safe. Nathan has finally spoken up about this. Have a listen. My name is Nathan Hughes, and I'm the guy at the center of this whole uh, Liberty Safe controversy going on right now. Um, as many of y'all know, uh, last week I was raided by the FBI and my house was searched um, over some January 6th allegations. Um, I guess the FBI called Liberty Safes and Liberty Safes gave them a master code to get into my gun safe. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing and uh, you know, I've come home to see that my safe is open um, after I got out of jail. So. Uh, pretty crazy. I didn't know safe companies were, you know, would do that. Uh, so I feel like you know, a lot of our gun safes are not actually safe. After 9-11 and the birth of Homeland Security, fusion centers were set up to monitor U.S. citizens, and the U.S. Department of Justice legalized non-consensual experiments on the public. These fusion centers employ civilians to target individuals and harass them intimidate them, vandalize their property, and interfere with their day-to-day -day life. This is known as gang stalking. Former high-ranking FBI agent Ted Gunderson reported in 2011 that himself and thousands of others were being targeted. FBI agent Mike German confirmed this as well. Several federal agents have reported that they were targeting individual Americans, including people who were simply pro-life and that they were pressured to put more people on their targeting lists to legitimize more federal funding. These Homeland Security fusion centers are able to put any American citizen on the terrorist watch list without any reason or due process. In 2012, NSA whistleblower William Binney reported that the feds are conducting comprehensive surveillance on nearly every U.S. citizen and targeting whomever they please. In 2014, Glenn Greenwald exposed the methods used to target individuals, such as hacking into people's social media accounts, posing as that person, and contacting their friends and coworkers. Targetedjustice.com is currently working on suing the federal government for targeting individual U.S. citizens with different high-tech weapons, including directed energy weapons. The Havana Syndrome, when diplomats in Cuba were attacked with directed energy weapons, was not an isolated event. There are thousands of individuals who claim to be under this same sort of attack, and they have the scars to prove it. 
As far back as 1976, the technology to remotely alter brainwaves has existed, including voice-to-skull technology that allows the government to directly transmit voices into people's brains. As bad as all this is, it is likely to get much worse. In 2017, Dr. James Giordano gave a lecture on the latest government technologies to target individuals, such as neuroweapons to control brain function and modify memories. I'm looking to target key individuals who may then be influential to relative aspects of their representative groups. I can affect individuals' brain functions in a variety of different ways, both positively and negatively, by engaging or disengaging nodes and networks of the brain that therefore affect their cognitions, emotions, and ultimately their behaviors. Something my colleague Jamie Canton likes to play with an awful lot is the idea of specialized neural operations. And here, once again, we're talking about the use of either drugs and or devices to modify the integrity of brain function that we realize can also modify individuals' perception of time and space. We talked earlier about how these may be used in interrogation scenarios, and this too may be used against key individuals to be able to modify their perception of time, their perception of what occurred and what did not, memory modification, etc. Nanoparticulates that can give an individual a stroke. So what we're able to do here is infiltrate the brain space with nanoparticulate matter that aggregates in situ, on site in the brain, and does one of two things, either penetrates from the vascular space, gets in through the bloodstream, gets in through the nose, through the mucosa, or infiltrates the vascular space and clogs it. What is the result? What's called a nanoparticulate stroke, or a hemorrhagic diathesis, fancy word, for it's a predisposition to individuals having brain bleeds. He explains how they can make people sick with an undetectable illness to make them go crazy. What I'm doing is I'm using a dispersion methodology to be able to infect sentinel cases with a highly morbid condition. These individuals complain. Again, this is a central nervous system condition. So they're complaining of whatever the bug may do. It'll produce some cascade of neurological and neuropsychiatric signs and symptoms. What I've now done is I've got every individual who is diagnostically hypochondriacal, and I've got every individual who's the worried well flooding the public health system, banging on the door. The CDC comes back and says, nonsense, that's not real. I come back and say, that's fake news. He says they can already control insects and use them to deliver bioweapons. I infiltrate that bug's nervous system and I control the way it moves. By controlling the way it moves, I control the way it goes. I control its wings pattern. I control where it hovers, where it flies, where it articulates. And what I can also do is I can then couple this to a very, very small scale set of either biosensors or cameras. And what I basically have here is a biodrone. I can go one step further on. I can also impregnate that individual, that individual organism, with a very small-scale weaponizable delivery mode. In other words, if I'm using a very, very small-scale bioweapon, such as a very potent organotoxin, or the delivery of a very small level of microbes that we know can either replicate and infect, or is genetically modified to have a very, very high morbidity effect, I can then utilize this not only as a reconnaissance drone, but also as an infiltrative weaponizable drone that can then deliver some payload. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. segment and I wanted to finish talking about 5G which is very dangerous very uh, 
troubling to our health. And uh, the French are on to it, and they're saying that we're, it causes cancer. It says you should not hold your phone. If you need to hold your phone to talk on it, that's one thing. But it says just don't carry your phone in your pocket or on your, any of your pockets uh, or sleep with it on your pillow. It's going to cause you problems. Good chance. And that's that's their big thing here, and they're talking openly about it uh, to figure out how to get the devices to protect you from the device. Put it in a, a sack. They got specially de- designed sacks that uh, stop stop the uh, the vibrations of the five G from from working off of that thing because it jacks up the phones. So, uh, various people are, are quitting selling iPhones of that, the iPhone 12 until they figure out what's actually going on. That makes sense. Yeah. All right, well, to begin this segment, um, I wanted to mention the plumbing doctor, Ted Holmes Plumbing Doctor, and they serve the Yuba-Sutter counties primarily. Once in a while, they'll go out a little bit across the edge. Primarily, they do Sutter counties and Yuba County, and uh, their number is 530-671-9111, 9111 and uh, they do a great job and give them a call and they will they will hook you up and get your problem solved okay well I was just trying to find this other article that I wanted to talk to you about and I'm having a tar- tough time finding it Oh, here it is. So early on in COVID, a group of us felt we had the, the, the correct answer to COVID. And it's been rough over the last three years being mocked. Not really mocked, but just people talking trash. You know, they got a bad attitude about it. But the fact that we were right, we knew we were right from the start. So still, they're not getting to the bottom of it. They just talk, 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 talk. So the CIA pro-China or a CIA agent retired blew the whistle. Said an angel, an agency whistleblower claims that a CIA investigation into COVID-19's origins were bought and paid for. By now, we all know that COVID-19 pandemic didn't originate in the wild. We all know that it came from a lab in communist China. Common sense dictates that. Senator Tom Cotton called it within days of the outbreak. 
Indeed, we know that the where the virus came from, despite Anthony Fauci's best effort to cover it up. It says here, indeed, we know where the virus came from, despite Anthony Fauci's best efforts to cover it up due to his agency's funding of the CHICOM's dangerous gain-of-function research. In other words, we paid for this to be built, and it afflicted it on our own people. These days, only the lowest of the low-information voters believe the virus emerged naturally rather than artificially. Heck, even John Stewart, they say, long ago embraced the chocolatey goodness of the truth. Looking back, we were struck by how reluctant so many ostensibly intelligent people were to come to this obvious conclusion. We all just figured that either their money or their professional embarrassment were behind it. Probably a little of both. Or in this case of Fauci, both. Both now, thanks to the Central Intelligence Agency's whistleblower, we have yet we have uh, another reason to follow the money. And I'm going to tell you where it leads, and it's not pretty. It's not pretty. According to a longtime CIA officer, his agency commissioned an investigation into COVID-19's origin. So anyway, they did some investigating. And... Uh, all but one of them said it came from the Wuhan lab. That was what they thought. So a multi-decade senior level current agency officer has come forward to provide information to the committee regarding the agency's analysis into the origins of COVID-19. According to the whistleblower, the agency assigned seven officers to the discovery team. The team consisted of multidisciplinary and experienced officers with certain scientific expertise. According to the whistleblower, at the end of its review, six of the seven members of the team believed that the intelligence and science were sufficient to make a low-confidence assessment that COVID-19... Anyway, they came up with the idea, the best and brightest over there, that it came from a lab. But instead... The agency's analysis is for sale. They put a little signage, and he said the officers on the CIA's discovery Christian discovery team were nearly unanimous in their conclusion that the coronavirus originated from the lab, etc. Just more of the same. Why would the CIA be so dead set against acknowledging the strength of the lab leak theory <clears throat> and what might cause it to essentially jump into bed with the communist Chinese? Perhaps those with the agency who bought off the investigated team were bought off themselves. Or perhaps they were rabid partisans. Perhaps they were Trump-hating Democrats and they were were thus loath to see as siding with the, the president who'd been calling COVID-19 the China virus all along. And his laugh on China policies 
had not only made the communist Chinese unhappy, but also discomfited. So that's what happened when you mess with the Chinese uh, and you marry a lady from over there. It's going to be difficult for you. going to be difficult. Okay. So uh, let me go back up here. And... Uh, I want to mention that uh, making sure I covered everything here today, but I want to go here and there's an event coming up that some of you may benefit from. And uh, also I want to pitch a couple school things. Uh, the, the collaboration of homeschoolers their kickoff night was Monday night two nights ago you missed that but you can go to churchofgladtidings.com and click on ministries and you'll see a drop down and you could click on the arrow education and you can get caught up with them and join anytime you want there's no fees to join but um, the cool thing is that, that you you get the best practices from all the people that have been doing homeschooling and and they'll get you to the the, the locations that you want to be uh, in terms of curriculum and resources and all that kind of stuff and uh, field trips and all those things so good deal so that's arrow education the other thing is epic epic education epic uh, school let me go down here so I don't botch it up uh Stands for Embassy Private Education Center. And so uh, their first day of school was September 5th, but they'll still continue to take people in. And they don't do any masks. They don't do any mandates. They don't do any, uh, they just do, do regular school. Study some, play some. Study some, play some. And don't worry about all the masks and the nonsense. So I wanted to mention Epic if you're looking for a school or Aero Education if you're going to have a school in your home. And uh, so you can check that out and get some help. And that's at the churchofgladtidings.com website. And I'm just looking. Okay. So I'm over here at the events page. 
and it's talking about an Isaiah 61 conference on spiritual warfare and deliverance, and it's October 9th through October 13. A lot of it is during the day, but the way it's designed, you can dip in and dip out anytime you want. So if you can't do a, a morning deal, and but you could do an afternoon and evening, uh, check it out, and they will help you find uh, how to go there. There's no there's no cost to this. It's kind of cool. But we see a lot of people that have been struggling for years with a variety of problems, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual. We help people get scored away and uh, get set free from it. So, uh, and that'll be happening right there in, in what we call the well, although it's not, it's not uh, signed for that. It, the building says 200 on the outside. You just keep walking in the center of the building. So, uh, all right, let me just see if I click on this. So I'm just going to look down here. Dave Bryan has a clip on this. Get free, stay free, help others get free. So let's see. Dave Bryan, Cheryl Bryan, Jess Parker all do this, the teaching. And uh, there's some videos here if you want to watch them that are free as well. So you can go pretty cheap if you don't buy the, the, cleric, the uh, notebook. If you just want to take your Bible and notes yourself, and that's fine. There's no charge for it, I don't believe. There's a little bit of charge if you do the notebook. But it sounds like your no response, that you weren't quite sure you wanted to do this, <clears throat> or you're maybe not interested. Even if you're doing well in life, it's good to know this, this uh, these skills and this understanding to take a authority in spiritual situations it's a good thing so uh okay gonna leave that right there yeah okay I have another article here. I just got to bring it up, bring it up. I keep finding. All right, I'm just looking for one of the things as we're kind of winding down here that's been on my mind is that uh, 
you can write the uh, sheriff an email or a letter and ask them to uh, become a sanctuary city for First Amendment. What that would look like is no more concealed weapon permits. In other words, you just conceal, and you don't need a permit. Uh, the second one is is to write them and to ask them to make it a sanctuary city where there will be no permitting of guns. You don't, in other words, you don't need a permit. Not that you can't have a gun. And uh, not require all the, not infringe on the constitutional rights of citizens here. They have a right to bear arms. And not just in a non-emergency, they have a right to bear arms. But, but in the 1960s, they passed a law that eliminated that, that carrier situation, concealed carry. And it was because they were afraid of a group of Black Panthers in Oakland were going to shoot them. So they made a law to kind of disarm a specific group of people. That's totally ridiculous. It didn't have anything to do with us up here. So if you if we can start a campaign, one of them is to get that from the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association to eliminate the death tax. And this is another one where we could uh, eliminate a lot of other fees and light and licensing. just looking for where I where I was talking about it all right well I'm just gonna land the plane here and uh, check out the Isaiah 61 conference uh, we have some other conferences that are going to be come up one of them is a, a couple ladies from Texas who teaches you how to get your paperwork ready to go to the hospital. Everybody's going to end up there sometime for some reason. But it puts the hospital on notice that they can't just give you any medication that they think up, that you have a right. And what you do is uh, you fill out this paperwork. It's not a lot of paperwork, but you fill it out and you, uh, you know, put your key people that are belong to you and, and put your, uh, just the basics about your health, right? And then you you take that to the hospital, or if you know somebody that you trust, you show them where it is, and they pick it up and take it to the hospital. It keeps people from getting on remdesivir and all these quacky drugs that have proven to be deadly. And uh, so anyway, my best wishes to you all, and much love, and we're going to see you next week. Trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. 